Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of The Adam Eisen Show. We're on episode 19 now, and the 2022 NFL season has officially begun with the ability for teams to begin franchise tagging players just the other day. Aaron Rodgers has stirred the social media pot again. Tom Brady, just like many other greats, is wrestling with coming out of retirement. And we're going to jump into all that today with a bunch of other topics. So let's go ahead and get into it. I've given it about three weeks off now. I told you guys back at the beginning of February I was going to lay off Packers for a little bit. I was going to see. I was going to let the story develop more because coming back to it every week, I felt like it was just the same thing over and over. And now the last three weeks, and especially the last week, like I mentioned in the intro, Rodgers has really stirred the pot again and new stuff's starting to happen. Recently, in the last... 72 hours, the Packers have been able to clear another $14 million in cap space through Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones contracts, so that is going to be huge. About a week ago, the Packers hired Tom Clemens, who I believe 68 years old. He has been retired for a few years now. He worked with Rodgers for, it was seven or eight seasons back in the early stages of Rodgers' career. And him and Rodgers are best friends. So that brings me to the question, why would a 68-year-old come out of retirement to coach Jordan Love? Well, he wouldn't. He'd come out of retirement to be QB coach for Aaron Rodgers, his buddy. So with that to the side, we're going to get back into it. But I want to bring up what I said three weeks ago to you guys. Isn't it amazing how two polar opposites, two people who could not be farther on the spectrum. One a Mississippi boy, one a California boy. But due to similar situations, they have become very similar and very alike, like the same person. What Rodgers is going through seems so reminiscent of everything that Brett Favre did and everything that happened with Brett Favre and Green Bay. The only difference with was with Brett was when Brett walked out of the building, people were confident with Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay doesn't have that with Jordan Love. No one in that building, no one in this fan base is confident with Jordan Love. But Aaron Rodgers had the potential to be the number one overall pick. People knew he was going to be good. He was sitting for three years. He's trying his ass off learning. Jordan Love is not that. People aren't expecting Jordan Love to be that. And where I go with this, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre are in a similar situation now. They were at similar points in their career when they got to this situation. And I think it boils down to the Green Bay quarterback syndrome. Green Bay has no owner. They get no free agents. And the quarterbacks are the one of the highest paid people in the state. There is no owner, there's no John Elway, there's no one to go hop on their private jet and go wow a free agent. Go wow somebody, go knock on doors and get the guy. Like the Rams did with OBJ and Von Miller this season, they went and knocked on doors and got the deal done. The trophy for the Super Bowl is named after the Packers' former coach. Green Bay is nicknamed Titletown, and you win the division almost every year because the other teams in there have not been historically good. 
These things have all been the same for Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre throughout their entire careers. And now we're at this point where because of all those things are the same, they are going through the same problems. They're going through the Green Bay quarterback syndrome right now. Today's sports environment is all based around mobility. Free agents and owners can be huge throughout the entire season. It's not the same that it was 60 years ago, but even 20 years ago. 60 years ago, the Packers needed its fans because they were a publicly owned team. But even 20 years ago, the league changes every 15 years, and this has been a recurring point on this show, that the league is changing every 15 or so years. And now, with the last two years, it leads me to believe the next change is here. We have watched Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford go to teams in the offseason, and the next season, those teams win Super Bowls in back-to-back years. So how is Green Bay, a team that doesn't get free agents, a team without an owner to wow anybody, going to go out there and win? And while they do have a shot, they've always been a great team. They can all they build great through the draft. The scouting department is magnificent. I think Brian Gunekest is great. They're just always right there to get them over the hump. And nowadays, you need the piece to go out and get you over the hump. Quarterbacks for the Green Bay Packers, they can win MVPs and they can win divisions. But through two of the best quarterbacks we have ever seen, there's one Super Bowl each. Over the last 30 some odd years, 35 years, two Super Bowls from Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. In one more season, Rodgers is a free agent. He can move like Brady did. Right now, he cannot. I personally believe, after everything that he stirred up this week, it doesn't matter. He is coming back to the Packers. The decision will come before March 8th. That is the franchise tag deadline, and Rodgers wants to be respectful to everybody. But you guys have to think about this. Going to an AFC team would be stupid for him, for one. There's Lamar, Herbert, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, and a bunch of other rising AFC quarterbacks that you're going to have to face every single year. And it's not like the NFC with a couple aging guys we don't really know. NFC is the better spot to stay, for one. He's not going to find a better spot in the whole NFC to go out and win a championship because the next best team is the Rams. And he's not going to go join the Rams. San Francisco, I guess. But at this point, I see the Packers wanting to trade him to an AFC team because they don't want to have to play Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. And I see Rodgers not wanting to go to an AFC team. And if you guys listen, I listened to the whole interview the other day on the Pat McAfee show. That does not sound like a guy who is done playing football. Does not sound like a guy who's retiring. Who's just going to throw in the towel after back-to-back MVP seasons? Just doesn't. Now, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, my eyes have turned into a very similar situation. They relentlessly flirt with retirement. There's always a back and forth. 
But if you guys remember when Brett Favre first retired, where did he come back to? Where did he want his job back from and the Packers wouldn't give it to him? The Green Bay Packers. And who took Brett Favre's job? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has seen the way this goes down. And I'm sure it is on Rodgers' mind that he does not want to make a rasful decision, a bad decision, too quickly, retire. This team gets given Jordan Love, and then he's put in the same situation that his teacher, his mentor, was put into 17, 18 years ago. He's not going to want to do that. And he has seen it firsthand, and I'm sure he has thought about that. I don't see him go, doing anything this season. He's going to come back, play with the Packers. I think this is going to be a major problem for next offseason. Probably won't be here. And one of the big problems, one of the main reasons I see it being a problem for next offseason is because of Devontae Adams. Problem lies here with while the Packers have gotten $14 million of cap cleared out over the past couple days, that does not matter. They are still tens of millions of dollars below the cap, and Devontae Adams, it's been rumored that he wants $30 million a year. That's so much more money than the rest of the receivers in the NFL. It's absurd, and there's no way the Packers can afford that. I think this is going to come down to, come March 8th, the Packers are going to franchise tag him. Players hate when they get franchise tagged. No, like that. That's just, all players want to have security they want to go into the season and know that they don't have to worry about it next season okay so take baker mayfield for example and we're going to get this into this more later in the show baker mayfield kept playing on a hurt arm all throughout this season because he knew it was a contract year and because he was trying to prove himself but if he got that contract done last season there's an easy argument to make that Baker Mayfield would have sat the rest of the season and it would have been a different offseason for him, probably would be a different next season as well. But back to Devontae Adams. Everybody wants to get their deal done. Everybody just wants to have that money sitting in their pocket. So next season with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae, if Devontae gets franchise tagged and then the Packers are even more in-depth, Something goes wrong again next season. They lose in the divisional round. They lose in the NFC Championship game. And they leave. I think that's the most likely option. Because for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to end up on the same team this season, unless it's Green Bay, it's highly unlikely. So I would bet on them both moving next season if they want to move together. Like I said, Packers were sitting at $38 million under the cap. I believe it's around $25 million now. Besides the Jordan Love pick, Brian Gunketz has drafted amazingly. And this team is very, very much a team that can run it back and can keep it going. Numbers in the cap market and in salary cap are increasing every single day in the NFL. It's always becoming better, and the league's always making more money. And the Rams are a great example. And with with everything increasing, you can always you cannot always keep floating the cap, but you can keep floating it for a number of years and keep revamping your team, reworking your team, and figuring out a way to put you in a spot to compete for a championship a lot of seasons. There's times as a general manager 
when you realize you have to make it, that this is the year you have to go out and win the Super Bowl this year. For me, last year, I thought that was that Brian, that was this last year was his year. This year, it's like do or die situation. Brian Gunakes, you have to go out there and you have to make it this season. That's what happened with the Rams. It's it caught up with the Steelers this season. The Steelers have been selling out for years. It's caught up with the Saints, and it's caught up with a bunch of other teams. The Saints are $78 million in the hole, but I guarantee you they would not trade selling, going all out, doing all that just for keeping that 70 and not being $78 million in the hole. I get they're falling apart, but it's the worst feeling in the world. Short-term memory, short-term experience. No one ever thinks about long-term. No one ever thinks about stuff like that. It's short-term pain that people think about and short-term harm. Think about to those back to those years with the Saints. If they were missing a star wide receiver, if they were missing Alvin Kamara because they had to let him walk, they would have never even been there. There would have never been the flag with the Rams and the Saints back in the NFC Championship game to send the Rams to the Super Bowl. None of that would have ever happened. So you, with sports especially, I feel like you have to live in the moment. And as a GM, you have to be able to realize and make the decision that you have to make it now. You have to make it this season. Now, moving on to another NFC team, and I'm going to be doing this all throughout the offseason. I'm just going to be taking a couple teams a week and deep diving into them. Just got into the Packers. I'm going to jump into the Cardinals now. And in the past couple of weeks, the Cardinal situation has been very pretty wild to see ever since their loss to the Rams in the wild card round. Kyler Murray's situation with his Instagram right now, he if you guys don't know, he deleted all his photos off of his Instagram of the Cardinals, unfollowed the Cardinals, did all that stuff, you know, typical social media stuff that athletes do nowadays when they want to say, I'm unhappy with an organization. Kyler Murray, at the moment, he is not feeling appreciated. I've always said this, but I love Kyler Murray. I think he's a generational-type ta- talent. There's a reason he went as high as he did in the draft, and he's playing in the hardest division in football right now. In the first three years in the league, it's gone up, up, up. That's what you want. All he's done has gotten better the first three years in the hardest division in football. But now, for three straight years, the Cardinals have had midseason meltdowns that let, that began with a look to a promising season, and then it ended with a midseason meltdown. And it's led to people beginning to question Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, which I think is viable, and I think that could be a real option. If midseason melt, if they have another meltdown midseason. Cliff Kingsbury could very, very well be out as the Cardinals coach. And you guys have to remember, with the whole artist division football and all that, remember what teams are in the NFC West with the Cardinals. Right now, Kyler Murray, he is a couple hundred miles away from a team that is in a city full of stars and takes care of their guys relentlessly. Relentlessly. Twice a year, he sees L.A., and this past year, he saw them three times, losing to them 
when it mattered most by uh, by a terror it was a terrible loss in the NFC Championship game and he lost when it mattered most to his division rival that he sees constantly who's just a couple hundred miles away that seems to be a lot better of a situation than he is in at the moment but here's the problem with the reason stuff like the Kyler Murray situation is happening is because Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, what they have done the past two seasons is changing the league. The le- No one has ever heard of a quarterback leaving in their next year with the team, they're winning a Super Bowl. And now it's happened two years in a row. Ten years ago, I don't think there would be a question that Kyler Murray comes back. But with the social media presence nowadays and the uh, the NFL players a lot of times are looking at the NBA and they're looking at the way NBA players conduct themselves, the social media following, how much NBA players make, and now they're trying to copy that sort of mindset and style to it. So with the social media presence nowadays, NFL players are getting quarterbacks having the ability and talent to be the star and make choices that are the best for them, Kyler has to look at all of his possibilities. Ten years ago, the Cardinals would be his best possibility. But now, Kyler has to look at all of his possibilities. I He's going to be an Arizona Cardinal next season. But, he still has to look. I think Arizona is the best fit for him. Especially, I don't think there's a better place because Kyler, he's got an odd play style. He's small. Arizona and Cliff Kingsbury are used to that, and it's naturally worked into the system now. He's a gifted player, but I don't see him in the same light as Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady, and I don't think he could do what they went out and did, especially I don't think he's going to find a better team for him to go to than the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray's obviously feeling underappreciated. We've seen these headlines now for last month, month and a half or so, that Kyler Murray wasn't all too happy with the organization. And now it's time for the Cardinals to step up. It's time for Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, I keep mispronouncing his name, to go out and save his own job. Because if he doesn't fix this relationship with Kyler Murray, then I promise you Kingsbury will not be a part of the Cardinals after this season. I am all for player mobility. And all four players getting every dollar they can, even if I think or if other people think it's overpaid. And that's what Kyler is trying to do now. Kyler deserves the appreciation for Arizona. All he has done is gone up on this roller coaster. He's taken no dips. And the best place for him to win a ring and the best chance for Arizona to win a ring is right now with Arizona and with Kyler Murray together. Now I want to transfer over to another NFC West team today. And I'm going to be talking about the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks have an interesting situation this offseason. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, they had the Super Bowl eight or so years ago. They went to another Super Bowl after that. You guys remember the Malcolm Butler interception, should have ran the ball. And since then, it's been this up and down. Going back to a roller coaster, it's been this up and down for Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. 
Now, the other teams in the NFC West are looking up at others due to their midseason meltdowns. Seahawks and Arizona are looking up at San Francisco and the Rams due to their midseason meltdowns. This was a very uncharacteristic year for the Seahawks. And I think they have to get back to what built themselves around in the first place, which was the Legion of Boom and the defense and really hammering home that defense wins Super Bowls because that's what won them in the first place. If you have a great defense, makes it a lot easier for your offense, especially with Russell Wilson, to take care of and get points on the boards. They've got big decisions ahead of them this offseason. They've got guys like Bobby Wagner. With him, you've got with him, with Bobby Wagner, you only have $20 million in cap. Without him, you have almost $38 million in cap. So that'll be a big decision for them to make. They he has been a root part of their defense for years now. Now, going back to the Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll situation, I don't think it makes sense for the Seahawks to move off of Russell Wilson. I think it was just an off year, and they need to reboot overall. The only team that can go out and get Russell Wilson right now, I think, is Philly, because Philly has three first-round picks this year, and it's going to take probably four first-round picks and a player just to get Russell Wilson. You're talking about a top five or six quarterback in today's league. The asking price is going to be absurd if they even think about trading him. But going back to like we were talking about the Cardinals, you're in the NFC West. How are you going to get rid of Russell Wilson? If the Seahawks get rid of Russell Wilson, they are admitting that for the next 10 years, they're going to be towards the bottom of the league because for six games out of the year, they're not going to be able to compete and they're sure as hell not going to win their division. Russell Wilson right now, going back to the NFC East and the Philly, Russell Wilson would dominate the NFC East. That's why I like Philly, Washington football team, especially I think Russell Wilson would be great to go in there and fix and help fix with Ron Rivera, the Washington football team brand that Dan Snyder has ruined. Steelers, Broncos, Colts all feel like they're a quarterback away from a Super Bowl, and Russell Wilson is that Super Bowl quarterback. Just like we have seen with Matthew Stafford and the Rams and Brady and the Bucks, they could easily pick up a quarterback, go out there, win the Super Bowl this next season. Steelers, Broncos, or Colts. The problem is, I don't see the Seahawks wanting to trade him. If I was the Seahawks and I was a GM, I would a thousand percent move off of. Pete Carroll before Russell Wilson, and just like I was saying earlier, that's just because you have to look at the way the league is going nowadays. Pete Carroll is an older coach. He's Pete Carroll's over 70, for one. Pete Carroll is a defensive-minded head coach. Pete Carroll is a rigid head coach and is very tough on his players, and he doesn't have, well, he's got a good personality, but he doesn't, it's hard for him to relate. We see with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. They get along a lot more because they're a lot more alike. They're practically the same age. They have a lot more things in common. But with older coaches, it's it's harder for them to have things in common with their players. Seahawks, move off Pete Carroll. Keep Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, he needs... 
if he is going to move, he needs to zone in to teams who are all in to win now because like that's what I feel like Russell Wilson deserves at this point, and I think that's the best for him. Not many can go out and win a title the next season like Stafford and Brady did, but Russ is at that level, at that level and Russ is definitely good enough. He's a guy with that amount of talent. But if you're not viable at quarterback, you're going to be irrelevant for years in this league, especially in the NFC West. The Seahawks need to keep him, move off Pete Carroll, install a highly highly involved offensive style coach and football scheme. I know I came into this saying they need to stay with defense. If they want to get back, that's with Pete Carroll. The best option is without Pete Carroll, and it's an offensive-minded head coach. Now I'm going to talk about one more team today before I get into today's yay or nay section. Now I'm going to jump over the AFC a team that is in the same division as the Cincinnati Bengals, who just got back from the Super Bowl, the Cleveland Browns, who are very interesting point this offseason. The Cleveland Browns last year had one of the most talented teams in the whole NFL for them to not make the playoffs. And they're also in a really interesting situation with Baker Mayfield. I mentioned it earlier on today's show, but with Baker Mayfield, there was an interesting point brought up that there, if Baker Mayfield signed the contract last season and he had his money guaranteed already for this upcoming season, he wouldn't have continued to play on a bad shoulder and risk further damage. In this upcoming season, genuinely, that shoulder could mess up Baker for the rest of his career. And just bad decisions like that seem to define the Browns and make the Browns into what they are. Like, that is what the Browns are. But my question for the Browns is, with Baker Mayfield, who are you going to find that's better? He made bad choices with his injuries this past season. We You have to hope that Baker Mayfield can heal up and get back. But you know what you have with Baker Mayfield at this point. You know Baker Mayfield can go out there and win you a playoff game straight up. Hell, Jimmy G has gotten the 49ers to one Super Bowl and was 10 minutes away from another Super Bowl. Winning the game is another thing. But the first thing the Browns need to figure out how to do is get there. Baker Mayfield, similarly to Jimmy G, if it's the right system, it's the right coach. Like when they had Freddie Kitchens in there, it was not the right system. It was not the right get-together. When you have the right system, when you have the right coach, it's going to have to be perfect for Baker Mayfield to take this team to the Super Bowl. But my question is, who are the Browns going to get that's better? They have $23.5 million in cap space this offseason. They need to take care of guys like Jarvis Landry, even though Jarvis Landry's tweeting out stuff, stuff's happening. This is still going to be one of the best rosters in the league, and Cleveland can make plenty of moves, unlike their division rival, Cincinnati, who was just in the Super Bowl with far less than the Browns had. Cincinnati 
doesn't go out and spend money on free agents. They don't go out and make trades. Well, guess what? The Browns do, and the Browns have. It's just the Browns are a terribly mismanaged, misorganized, misrun team. They're not hitting on anything at the moment. And if they were managed and conducted the right way this offseason, the Browns can truly be a team to reckon with, just like the Bengals were this season. The AFC North is one of the best divisions in football. I talked about it a few weeks ago on the, in a, on the championship weekend show. The best divisions in football historically seem to keep making it back to the championship games and the Super Bowl. Why is that? Because they're playing harder teams. They're getting ready. These Anyone from these divisions can make it because they are playing good, hard football all year long. They just need the talent, and the Browns have the talent. It's time for the Browns to fix it, put together the right system, and get the train back on track. Now, going on to today's segment of yay or nay, I've got a different question that I've had the last couple weeks since I started this segment and it's going to be does Tom Brady come out of retirement and guys you know there's been a lot of rumors this past week with the 49ers that the 49ers could trade Garoppolo and picks for the right Tom Brady rights he could come out of retirement and personally right now I don't see Tom Brady coming out of retirement this season Look at retirements around the league and what happens. Usually, guys, I'm going to use an analogy here. It's kind of like a marriage. Before you get a divorce, you go, you have conversations, you go to therapy, yeah, you think to yourself, you do all these things. And it's the same thing when you are divorcing yourself from football and you're retiring. Come postseason, you sit down, you think about it yourself. Then he went and talked to Giselle. Then he went and talked to the kids. Then he talked to his agent. Well, then he thought about it some more. And then, you know, that's the way typical NFL players go about retiring from the game. But no, Brady, two weeks into the offseason, he did it differently. He retired. And that might have been because Adam Schefter leaked it too early and stuff happened and Brady wanted to just go ahead and get me this out. But let me ask you this. Out of anyone in the sports world we've ever met, anyone that we've ever been able to watch and be captivated by and loved, who is the most prepared and mentally present of them all? Who has the highest football IQ of them all? It's Tom Brady. Who thinks through his decisions more? Who does more research? Who really gathers the thoughts? It's Tom Brady. And I just I just don't see a guy who all he does is plan out his life down to the very minute making a mid-off-season decision to get himself traded and go to San Francisco. I don't care if we're only a month into the off-season. Guess what? Brady takes every single month of the off-season to train. Brady has already had these conversations with his family. And while I never like to bring family and stuff like that into sports, I like to try and keep them separate and don't just, I like to keep it separate. Tom Brady has already told his family and his kids that, he is retiring and that he will be home this upcoming season. I don't see Tom Brady going back to his kids and saying, I'm sorry, daddy's going away to training camp. I will see, 
uh, he's also going to play the season. It's going to be like last year. Going to be like the last. And I get when when you are a part of the greatest of all times family. I'm sure they understand it, and it's a well, it's a good conversation, and it would be okay. But I just don't see Tom Brady doing it. He's the most planned out guy ever. He has this all planned out. Don't get me wrong. I see this as a huge decision for Tom. And with how ready San Francisco is and the 49ers were his favorite team growing up. But he prepares too much. There's been headlines coming out about the last week or so that he's looking into getting into movies and stuff like that. And... I was just as shocked as you guys to see him retire like this. But also, he didn't have many challenges left. And he has already told his family, he's told everybody, he's done. But now, I want you guys to think about this. I said I don't think Tom Brady will come back this season to the NFL. When everybody hears that, they go, obviously, even I do. They go, there is no way Tom Brady could come back after taking a year off. And while Michael did it when he was much younger, and other people have done it when they're younger, other greats have. But everyone's saying there's no way Brady could come out of retirement after a year and still have success, still go win a Super Bowl. And I think the Man in the Arena documentary has proved this, Tom Brady hears everything. Tom Brady knows everything. And now everybody has just given Tom Brady another challenge. To go retire for a year, go live his best life, figure out a whole entire new workout regimen for himself. Because you know that's what's going to happen. He's just going to work nonstop. It's not... Tom Brady's not just going to put down the weights and put down the pilot, you know, with the bands and all that stuff. He's not just going to put the bands down. He's going to keep working. He's going to keep revamping himself. And Tom Brady's going to come back in a year and be dominant. And it's going to be one of the most amazing things we ever see. That's just my prediction on today's yay or nay. But I really hope it would be really cool to see it happen. And the internet would go absolutely wild over it. I'm going to move into my fourth and final topic for today. I just want to jump into the NBA a little bit more this week. Not quite into college basketball yet, but come March, we'll definitely be getting into college basketball. First, I want to talk about Philly, Harden, Ben Simmons, who just got traded, everything that's happening there. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I think the 76ers benefited short-term from this trade, but the Nets are going to benefit long-term from this trade. There's still problems right now with Ben Simmons' mental health, which honestly, it's gotten to the point now with that, and I will always respect someone's mental health, someone's mental struggles, and if he needs that time, if he needs to take the time, good friend, take your time away, get right, get yourself good, dude. But also, before the trade, Ben Simmons and his agents said that the mental health problems are exclusively attached to to the Philadelphia 76ers. And now that he's with the Nets, he's saying, oh, I just need a couple more Wii. I just need a little bit more time. It's really not a good look, dude. It's really, really not a good look. And I want Ben Simmons to be successful. I think Ben Simmons is a great fit for this Nets team who needed to focus more on defense and who needed a low under-the-basket shooter, which 
Ben Simmons fits into perfectly, but he needs to get himself figured out and get himself on the court. What I'm concerned about for the 76ers is long-term, what are you going to get from James Harden just based off his history? James Harden now has been on a few different team on three teams in the past three seasons. He's forced himself out of two different teams, so it's really not been a good look from Harden. And mysteriously, the day before the paperwork for next se- or the day of James Harden's paperwork for next season was due about like a week and a half ago. And if that paperwork was not submitted, then James Harden becomes a free agent at the end of this season. The paperwork was never submitted. It was quote-unquote lost, and it was never done. So James Harden's a free agent at the end of the season. If I was Philly, I'd be extremely worried. They need to go all in. I think Embiid and Harden are good for each other. They're not as great as everybody thinks they're going to be. Harden is not going to be throw. Embiid is going to be wanting to make a lot of the plays and a lot of the action on his own and do a lot of the stuff himself. Harden is, I'm worried the way Harden is going to work with people. Now, after seeing this, it's his third team in three years. He's forced himself out of two others. He doesn't play nice with others at times. If that relationship starts to go sideways, it's going to be a hard train to get back on the tracks. Now, moving on, another NBA team, Golden State Warriors. They're sitting at first or second in the West. It's changing every day. And what I want to look at is what potentially could be the Warriors' downfall. The Draymond Green injury, I think, is the biggest problem for the Warriors right now. Without Draymond Green, they are an extremely small team. With him, they're still an extremely small team. And without him, the Warriors can get pummeled by a bigger team. Especially like Phoenix. I think Phoenix is going to be a big problem for every single team in the West. One in foot, they're one and four in the five games going into the All-Star break. Steph Curry's balling. Clay is balling. But you need size in today's game. If you get to the NBA Finals and you're facing Giannis Antetokounmpo with no size, you're done. If you're facing Joel Embiid, you're done. Joel Embiid will pick Golden State apart. So that's my problem with Golden State. Hopefully Draymond Green can get back and become healthy because I think that would be a big boost for their team. Going over back to the East, I want to talk about Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Zion Williamson, this past week, he had J.J. Redrick uh, call him out as a quote-unquote detached teammate. And I feel like this is next to your own teammate on your own team saying something. I think this is one of the worst shots that Zion could have taken. They're both former Duke players. They know each other. And J.J. Redrick knows a lot about Zion. And now I think everybody has been beginning to think about Zion and like what happened is it like a Lamar Odom type situation uh, like what's gonna happen bad leader stuff like that he's over extremely overweight for one so that's not good for two the detached teammate thing now three everybody that he came in to with New Orleans with is now gotten their way out of New Orleans. He's hardly playing any games. 
I just don't know. I, I don't know. It's not my favorite thing what's happening with Zion. Zion was one of my favorite players coming into the league. And now he's extremely overweight. Charles Barkley has given him the advice before, but it happened with Barkley. Barkley was having to shred, like, I think it was like five pounds a month or, or five pounds a week, something like that, because he was extremely overweight, and he was setting goals for himself, and once he lost that weight, he'd become an extremely better player, and the game changed for him, and that's what Zion Williamson needs to do. Now, the Lakers now, it's extremely interesting what is happening with them. LeBron... Is LeBron is quoted saying he is extremely frustrated with the Lakers organization. And the question now is, what do you do to solve this issue? And I'm truly not sure if this issue can get solved any longer this season. All they can hope on is winning a play-in game and maybe winning a first-round series, but this is not a championship team, and they can't fix it. They didn't make trades at the trade deadline. The offseason, though, they doesn't have to be lost yet. The Lakers are still the Lakers. They are the superstar of the league. It's Los Angeles. Players want to go to Los Angeles, so I wouldn't rule them out coming back this offseason, but Russell Westbrook this offseason will be attractive to a team that's younger and needs another guy, and the Lakers will be able to trade him. The only problem with him is his contract, but that'll be able to get handled just the way money gets floated, gets made, you know, how that handles nowadays. And Something, along with Russell Westbrook needing to be trading, something needs to happen in the LeBron and Anthony Davis. They can't stay healthy together. And in my opinion, they need to cautiously shop Anthony Davis, not be seeking out trades because that would just go piss LeBron off. But if you find the right trade for Anthony Davis then the Lakers will be better and it won't upset LeBron because LeBron... Everybody makes the jokes. Le GM, he sees the what he LeBron sees the writing on the wall. He sees what's happening, and he knows he needs a different guy other than AD. AD was good for that one championship in the bubble because they got a ton of time off. There has never been a hiatus in the middle of the season to give LeBron James at year seventeen a bunch of time off to rest and get his body good for the playoffs. With Anthony Davis and LeBron, that's not going to work. This is going to be something, in my opinion, like Bam and Bio and Jimmy Butler for Anthony Davis. I'm not saying that could happen, but it would have to be a trade like that. Two physical, younger players that can really help out this Lakers team. I think that would be a perfect trade, actually. The Lakers need some strong, overly physical, that not going to go get hurt, that now going on, after the season year 20 LeBron can rely on and hopefully can get to another championship with. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another edition of The Atomizing Show. I'll be back to see you all next week for episode 20. Peace.